Hallelujah. Give the Lord praise tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For He is holy. How many of you know that He is a God of love? Also, look with me, Matthew chapter 5, and guess what? We are going to finish Matthew chapter 5 tonight. We haven't gone too far since y'all were here last time. But we are finishing Matthew chapter 5 tonight. And it has been rich. And the Lord is really going to give us a challenge tonight. I do want to say happy birthday. No, she's gone. Oh, it ruined, brother. I was going to say, I was, do I have to give you your $10 back to say happy birthday to your wife? I've got to give you your $10 back? Hey, it ain't my fault she walked out. Okay, we'll try to get her later. But anyway, today... It's 30 years that my wife has been born again. Today. She was five years old when she got saved. Just like me. So, praise God. So, I tell you what. Hallelujah today. You remember those days. Matthew chapter 5. Verse 43. You have heard that it was said that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For He makes His sun arise on evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For you, if you love those who love you, what reward have you? For not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet your brethren only... What do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect. Here he goes talking about that divine attribute of God, to be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now I want to start off, and we're going to get into some things tonight. But one of the things I want to share with you is that to hate other nations all from the beginning of time was considered a righteous act for the Hebrew and the Jewish people. They considered it justice to hate the pagans. You know how they hated the Samaritans. They hated the Jews. I mean the Romans. They hated the, uh, you know, the different the Egyptians. And all through the time they hated the Amorites and the Hittites. And you could tell through all the history that they were taught to hate uh, the other nations. But the truth was what Jesus was saying, what, what you could not understand was that God didn't hate the nations. He hated the sin that those nations represented. And what Jesus came to say was, He doesn't hate the, for example, He doesn't hate the Romans. He hates the sin. He doesn't hate the man. He doesn't hate the person. He hates the sin. And the Jews were having trouble with that. They could not handle to where, how can you uh, love a person, but yet he's a sinner. And Jesus came to show us that I've come to show the love of the Father. And I just want to look at a few things about that. Look with me. And you can hold your place there. But look with me in 1 John chapter 4. And I just want to touch because it says, In this way we'll, that you'll know that you're a son or a daughter of God. But also it says to be perfect as our Father is perfect. And I tell you, as we get into these things tonight, boy, it really touches some things. You know, as we've been studying Matthew chapter 5, you know, we've gone through the case where it's not just the act of adultery, it's the thought of adultery, uh, it's about stealing, it's about making false vows, a lot of heart issues here. 
And a lot of times we can say, well, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a liar. I don't break vows. I'm not an adulterer. You know, I hear those things and, and, and all that. But when we get to this session tonight, it's really amazing where Jesus ends this chapter. Of course, there wasn't chapters back then, but how he really pinpoints some areas for us to examine our hearts as he has been challenged us to examine our hearts. And it says in 1 John chapter 4, in verse 9, In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this, love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the sacrifice, the payment for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love God one another. Amen. John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We see here the love of God that even while we were yet sinners and let's look at that Romans chapter 8. Let's look at this too in Romans chapter 8. So we're building up a foundation of what Jesus is wanting to speak to his disciples and to us about who are his disciples today. In Romans chapter 8 verse 31 We see in these scriptures how Jesus was a substitution for fallen man, for the sinner, for the Gentile and the Jew alike. And it says here, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, he is also risen, who is even at the right hand of the God, of God and, and also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Our tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword. And is this something we read there in Matthew chapter 5 that... Can persecution separate us from the love of God? We're to love our enemies and even those who despitefully use us, those who hurt us. And uh, how many know right now they're talking a lot about the lack of gas makes the price go up? Well, the more persecution you have, the more of a lack of genuine love, the more valuable you become. The more valuable you loving, even those who despitefully use you or hurt you, the more valuable the love of Christ. Because love is just such a, uh, you, you don't have, an, how many of you know today, you don't hear an overflow of love. Especially right now, if you turn into the news, there's not a lot of love going on. But while the world is speaking hate and getting even and fights, the church is supposed to be rising up and we're supposed to speak in love. Not that we approve of sin. But we love the sinner and Christ died to set him free. So we see this also in 1 John 4.18. Such love has no fear because love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows us that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. Say that with me. Perfect love. Perfect love. Say that again. Perfect love. Say it again. Perfect love. We read in Matthew. Be perfect as our Father is perfect. Now we're talking about perfect love. We love each other because He loved us first. So what we need is a divine revelation. What we're going to study tonight is divine revelation of the sacrificial type of the love of Christ that was selfless and self-giving and self-sacrificial. 
And how many know it's easy to love our friends, but it's not as easy to love our enemies. And I want you to write down this word. It says, there in Matthew, it says to bless. Write down this word, bless. Bless those who curse you. Bless those who curse you. And I want to give you the definition of what that's, that's speaking about. The word bless there means to speak well of. And it's where we get our English word eulogy. Now, y'all have heard me do a lot of funerals and, and you've been to a lot of funerals. Have you ever gone to a funeral where they've done a eulogy and they said, we're going to talk about this sorry person right here in this casket tonight. He was the most stupidest Ignorant man I've ever met in my life. Have you ever been to a funeral like that? Wouldn't dare go to a funeral like that. Now, y'all don't throw stones at me, but this is what I'm saying. We can talk good about a dead person and honor them, but Jesus is saying you're supposed to speak well of the living who persecute you, attack you, and make little of you. It's the word eulogy. It means to honor and esteem those who come against you and those who hurt you. Now, I don't know about you, and I hope I'm not the only one, but I've passed a few tests, but boy, I have failed a lot of tests too. And uh, I'm 45, 46, something like that, one of those things. And uh, you know I'm up there now because I don't remember which one. But anyway, uh, I've had a lot, a lot of opportunity. And I still have a lot of opportunity about every day. To love them. To speak highly of them. When I want to react. And it talks about the overflow of the heart. Now, now I want you to listen to this because this is the word definition. The word blessed means to speak well of them. But listen to this now. <laughs> oh. Doesn't only mean you speak well of them. But when you speak of them, you speak sincerely and honestly. Out of your heart. And I don't know about you, but I have put put to the test. I can say, oh, that's a good brother. But in my heart, it's like, boy, I want to tell you about that good brother, but I'm going to speak well of him. Well, that's not sincere. i got to bless him, speak well of him by myself. I have to pray for him, and I have to do good for him so that when he comes to the point where I am asked about him or her, I can talk sincerely. That is a good brother. That is a good sister. Now, how many know that's a hard place to get? But that's the type of love that Christ has for us. And that's the type of love where we're called to be perfected. So those are areas for us to talk, uh, uh, talk good about someone, to speak well of them, to talk sincerely and honestly about them. But listen to this. Write this down too. I hope you're writing this down because you're going to be tested on this and not from me, but by God. (laughs) It means to make the most of every opportunity to speak well of that person who has cheated you, lied about you, and mistreated you. To make the most of every opportunity to speak well of that person. Every opportunity I have, I'm going to build that person up. It's quiet in here. So that means I'm not the only one, am I? But we're heading towards perfection. Amen? 
Three amens. We're heading towards perfection. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank God for the grace. Thank God for His grace that helps us be able to love. And even, like He says here, bless those. You call your enemy. Don't call that person your enemy. Don't call that person the person who done you wrong. Don't call that person no good, no count. Call that person. Man, that is a great human being. You ought to get to know him. And you want to tell him to get to know him prayerfully, but you can't say that. You speak well of them. That way it removes from our conscience the consequences of not being Christ-like. The second thing Jesus said is to do good though to do good to those who hate you. If you think it's hard speaking good about somebody, how about